broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, happy trade deadline day in the NFL. It's coming up in the next hour, so we should just talk and predict all the trades that we're going to make in the next 60 minutes because yeah. after that, we're either right or wrong. No, for sure. I like uh, it. So uh, will the Jaguars make any moves? Probably not. Uh, will Odell Beckham Jr. go anywhere? Probably not. Uh, will it be active over the next hour? I would say probably not. I mean, this isn't the Major League Baseball trade deadline. It's totally different in the NFL. Draft picks are valuable. And uh, I think when we see a move like a Vaughn Miller move already happen, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the blockbuster move. It, it usually happens before the deadline. This isn't like a 357. A big move will happen. We'll see. And, and Casey, keep up with the, uh, the wire back yeah. there, if you will, which essentially is Twitter these days. Uh, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, we're live at Top Golf Tuesdays at Top Golf on ESPN 690. Josh Scobie will join us a little bit later on. Uh, as well. He was a guy who was traded. I don't remember if it was right at the deadline when he got traded to Pittsburgh, but that's got to shock your system in the NFL. You obviously had a bunch of guys in the locker room that oh, were yeah. like, hey, see you later. All of a sudden, you, you wake up that morning or you're in a meeting or you come back from the practice field and boom, a guy's gone. Yeah. Or you got a new teammate. It's, uh, it's really one of the unique things in sports that happens so quickly yeah. and in a 24-hour period, boom, they're in another place. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think back if there's like really any shocking trades that went down on any teams that I was at. Nothing's really coming to mind. You know, there are some minor ones here or there, but it, it, it's one of those, so for instance, with Von Miller. I mean, Von Miller was so big that organization is going to be a Hall of Fame one day. Um, you know, one of the best Broncos to ever do it. You know, in that situation right there, like, I'm not sure what the conversations behind the scene were like. I'm not sure if he was asking for a trade or not. But when you lose a guy like that in the locker room, that's a huge blow. You know, I mean, you, you saw a guy like Brandon Cooks, who on the Houston Texans team right now, that's obviously struggling. But when, when Mark Ingram got let go, you, you heard the, the, the displeasure um, and the frustration from Brandon Cooks when he was tweeting. So anytime you lose a veteran presence like that in your locker room, it's a big deal. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, that's that's. That was kind of cool, actually, Von Miller, a guy like that. Hey, you're probably not going to win here. Let's start rebuilding this thing. Uh, let's get some value for a guy second and third round pick in 2022. The Rams certainly are not afraid to do that, as we know. And uh, now he gets to go win. I mean, that's the respect, right? That's kind of a Calais Campbell in the offseason. That's that's what teams try to do good business like that. And if you have a valued guy. Uh, and and he, I saw some stuff on social media. He had this whole video for yeah. everybody else. And, um, yeah, class act guy, and, and obviously a lot of good times uh, with Von Miller in Denver. Uh, the the big story of the last, oof, I don't know, what are we talking, six, seven months, has been Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Well, Watson isn't going anywhere. And I really think this was agent-driven and mostly like, hey, let's see if we can get him out of there mm -hmm. for the most part. Now, is Miami a suitor of some sorts? Does Miami have interest? I think so. I, I don't think you can just sit here and say there's no way Miami didn't have any interest in this. They seem like they're the only team that's been actively involved in some capacity for over two months. And I don't think an agent's just going to do that to one team. I think they're going to try to create a market, Carolina a little bit, Denver a little bit, whatever else you were hearing. Uh, but the bottom line is... Deshaun Watson's not going to play, it looks like, in 2021. He is going to lose a year off his career yep. because he is not going to get traded unless something crazy happens in the next hour, and mostly because of the legal stuff. I mean, the legal stuff is holding a trade back, not necessarily the pieces that Houston is asking for uh, or the market there would be for him. The legal issue is a big deal. I mean, Deshaun Watson went from, I don't want to play for Houston anymore, to basically trapped. 
uh, you know, and mostly because of these legal things that are going on. And we still don't know when that will be resolved. Yeah, I mean, you know, if the Dolphins are truly the only team that was actually interested, I think it's a smart move on them to kind of wait and see how this whole process plays out. Because it wasn't like you could bring Deshaun Watson in this year, trade all this draft capital away, and expect it for him to come in right away, learn a new offense, learn playing with a new team, and get you to the playoffs. The, the Dolphins right now are in no position, um, you know, to, to talk about the playoffs. So it didn't make any sense whatsoever to get Deshaun Watson before this trade deadline just because the juice is definitely not worth the squeeze here. So if I'm Miami, you know, obviously I have the name in the background. I, I see what happens with everything. And if everything comes up clear um, and his name is clean, then so be it. Then go after him. But right now it's just it's not worth it. So I ask you this. The, the reason we got to – he is not not playing in Houston because of the legal issues. He's not playing in Houston because he doesn't want to play in Houston. Correct. He doesn't want to practice with the team. He's on the roster. They're just – it's like – just a, this standoff, basically, in Houston. Should he have played football this year for Houston? Will he lose something by not playing for Houston? Uh, maybe it's the next contract that comes up for Deshaun Watson, the numbers that aren't piling up because of this lost year. Uh, should he have played in hindsight now that he could have played? The NFL is not barring him from playing, giving his legal situation. I mean, should he have played? I mean, I think it would have helped him stay in shape, obviously, and be ready for the next team that he, he's planning on going on. But at the same time, who are we to say that Deshaun Watson wins how many games with that roster right now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, you, you have an, I will say, with quotations, a very okay running back room. Offensive line is in. No, they stink. Yeah. Well, I mean, the running back, I mean, the, the running backs are names, though. You know, I mean, I can say David Johnson, Mark Ingram, yeah. um, Philip Lindsay. I mean, people have heard of those names. It's just I think their offensive line is suffering as well. So, to me, it would help him stay in shape and kind of, you know, not have any rust or anything like that. But at the same time, in terms of confidence, in terms of where he would be mentally, it'd probably only do him worse because the team isn't that good in terms of on paper and on personnel. Yeah, I think what, what now my eyes go to a little bit here, and it's a totally different situation. It's the quarterback versus the running back. But the precedent that's been set here is Le'Veon Bell sat out a year. He didn't want to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he then came back and he got the good money, right? So he got money. But he was never the same player. Was that because it was a running back? Was that because he lost his groove in a year? Now, the easy argument here is, well, Brent, I mean, guys get injured all the time and they lose a year. I mean, DJ Chark's going to lose a year. Well, what I would say to that is when you do lose a year, it takes you a, a, like half the other season sometimes to come back in and play well. I mean, that's proven out for the most part. Now, now it's not a slam dunk all over the place. I mean, Adrian Peterson came back yeah. from an ACL and played okay. So, um I just wonder about that, and he's got so much time left in his career. I'm not here to tell you that, hey, he didn't play this year, and so now he's going to be a terrible quarterback in the NFL. It might not make a difference at all, uh, but it would give me a little bit of pause if I'm a team that's going to have to give up a bunch of uh, draft picks and players for him in the offseason. Uh, I think the quarterback is a position, though, where you feel a little better about being out for a year, you know, whether it's a catastrophic injury or whether it's just you want to sit out because, you know, you don't want to play for that respective team. I think a quarterback you can get away with a little more in sitting out as opposed to maybe a running back, maybe a wide receiver where the timing is maybe a little different, the timing's off, you have to get that back. 
quarterbacks for whatever reason can sit out I feel like a little bit and still have success yeah um, I think I think you're probably right there and he's a talented guy and who he ends up being around what's interesting here is this is not like he chose not to play for the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> he yeah. chose not to play for a team that was probably going to be pretty bad heck behind that team you might get injured anyway I mean you don't know so uh, there's there's a lot that could go into it but what a lost year for really one of the stars of the NFL I mean he I'm not going to say he played his cards wrong. He may, in the end of the day, played his cards right anyway because he didn't play for this really bad team and franchise, and he stuck to his principle. But these guys like to compete. I mean, they like to play. And the combination of saying, hey, I'm not going to play for you, I don't want to practice for you, I don't want to do anything with you, I'm going to stand on that principle, and then these 22 allegations have led to a lost year for really one of the top players in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And it was all really his own doing. It wasn't an injury. It wasn't something else by the league or anywhere else. Uh, he could have played this year. He could still play right now uh, yeah. if he really wants to. And uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So uh, that uh, Deshaun Watson going to Miami not happening. What does it mean for Tua all the rumblings that you know something was up that the, the latest reports are the owner of the Dolphins Stephen Ross met with Watson or talked to him about some of this stuff and really in the last 24 hours did his due diligence on it sure I mean Tua's on notice right oh absolutely I mean you know they, they, they built around Tua uh, they drafted for Tua I mean they, you know they, they have a you know in terms of the weapons I mean they went after him and you know, Tua hasn't really lived up to the hype quite yet. Now, whether that's injury-related, whether that's, you know, knocking off the rust coming from that injury, whatever the case may be, it's a performance-based league. And Tua just has not got the job done, unless he's playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he's not got the job done overall. And, you know, the team record shows that. So what's Miami going to do now in the offseason? It's not a, a, a draft littered with uh, draft picks or top quarterbacks or can't-miss quarterbacks. They've actually given a lot of their picks away. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be the biggest suitor, do you think, for a guy like Watson now that they've kind of done this dance a little bit and Tua probably has 10 games left for the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a, there's a mutual respect there. Deshaun Watson has said that he wants to go to Miami. I truly feel like Miami wants to get Deshaun Watson there. So it is kind of a match made in heaven if they can make it work. Now, if you're Houston, I mean, I, I wonder where you're sitting at because you still have this guy, this, you know, once top five quarterback who doesn't want to be on your team. We don't know how much of a distraction it is, and you've got nothing for him this year before the trade deadline, and now you're going to go through another offseason of scrutiny, another offseason of bad optics because Deshaun Watson's people are going to be talking, analysts will be talking about your team, and it's not going to be a good look for the Houston Texans. And they're at a, they're a situation right now with David Mills where, I mean, I don't think he's going to be the guy for the next five, six years. I don't think anybody in that organization will be confident with saying that. So then what is Houston going to do at the quarterback position? So it, it's really yeah Miami for sure I mean you got to upgrade from two I believe because this season has been disappointment but also what does Houston do now since hey you still have the same guy that you had this season nothing got accomplished and here come more bad optics well and what's interesting about this is I would say they could even hold the the where he goes right they'll be like well listen we're not going to trade you to Miami we don't we'll get, we don't we think we can get more to from Carolina or so on and so forth but the one caveat here is when they end up trading him at some point in the offseason uh, he does have a no trade clause yep. so he's going to have to sign off on that uh, so he does get to still kind of hold the cards in his hands but they're gonna have to pony up some some uh, draft picks and and some probably players along the way uh, in these deals all right the big news this afternoon in the NFL is not the trade uh, or any trade mm -hmm. instead it's 
Henry Ruggs. Mm -hmm. And how about the story there where he's going to be charged with a DUI, a late-night Las Vegas accident uh, really early this morning, mm -hmm. uh, which resulted in the death of someone else. It appears, I think, that everything I've seen in the last hour at Ruggs is okay. Yeah. Uh, but now what? I mean, Ruggs, is he done? Is this too early to know if this is... DUI manslaughter or any of those kind of charges. I yeah. mean, uh, what what is well, what is, what now for the Rugs and the Raiders um, on the football field outside of Rugs and the legal system too. I mean, I I don't think where it stands right now there is any Rugs and and, and you know playing on the football field because you, you took somebody's life. Now it, w it might have been an accident, but it was by your your own decisions and it was by drinking alcohol, getting behind the wheel. So now you're gonna have to carry that weight. You gotta suffer those consequences, and and some of those consequences are you don't get to play football anymore, man. Not unless you know this all gets figured out. But like if I'm that organization of the Raiders and you know who, who's ever running the show now, you, there, there's no way you can justify bringing Rugs back on the team and saying, all right, you ready to go suit up on Sunday? It, it does not work like that. Henry Ruggs, uh, obviously out of Alabama really can fly. I mean, we talk around here about speed, right? And yeah. that's an element that they have in, in Las Vegas. He's been inconsistent, but he's also been pretty good at times for them. And, and again, there's a dimension to your offense. So from a Raiders standpoint, again, this is really I mean, we talk sports, so we kind of say, okay, how does it impact him from a football standpoint? Well, there's a lot of life stuff going on here, too, including the death of somebody. So mm -hmm. uh, that's first and foremost. We get it. The NFL has issued a statement on it. Rugs. now you do wonder if he'll even play, but this is a team that's like competing in the AFC West been pretty good they've seemingly have overcome the John Gruden stuff of a couple of weeks ago to win some games yeah. and look like they're going in the right direction and now this do you think he's gonna play I don't think so there's no way I don't think so yeah. I would almost think that you'd have to he's already been charged uh, Casey jump in here if you've seen something new but uh, the word is he's already been charged with DUI resulting in death yes. and I don't, I'm not great on the lingo here uh, but that doesn't sound like you can just walk out the door and play. No, I, th I think you're done. <laughs> you, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> I don't I think it's simple as that. I think he just, you know, uh, a bad decision has probably cost him his career. Yeah, so you, yeah, I mean, uh, but again, what I was getting at, though, is now what for the Raiders? I mean, how much does it change the Raiders on oh, the football yeah, field? I mean, I mean, you lose the speed element. We're, we're, all we talk about here in Jacksonville is speed, speed, speed. They need it, they need it, they need it. Well, this, yeah. the well, another guy that has speed, which there are not many of them that have this type of speed. I mean, the Tyree Kill kind of speed, the, the Henry Ruggs kind of speed. I mean, there's not many of those guys in the NFL that have that caliber of speed. Yeah. And now another one is going to be, well, looks like out of the league. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be a big loss for the organization because it's sudden, it's unexpected. Um, you know, I mean, players in that locker room, you're losing a teammate right there. I think the, the biggest thing that you can do for Henry Ruggs right now off the field is giving him whatever support that you can and and i mean i, I don't know man i i, I don't know if the situations i've never really heard of it from a player you know going through this i mean i don't know if you cut ties with the player if you're the organization i don't know if you kind of stick by him through the whole process and and have your resources help him i, I have no idea what that looks like but from a football standpoint yeah it's it's, it's obviously it's a huge loss and um just you know the the unexpectedness of it is 
it, it can't be undefined. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can uh, send a shockwave through the locker room on something like that on top of the Gruden stuff already. I mean, the, the Raiders, holy cow, you know. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff, those players in the locker room, by the way, haven't created any of this. Ruggs, just 22 years old, and uh, he will be charged with a felony of DUI resulting in death uh, in a what they called was a fiery crash uh, this morning in Las Vegas. And, you know, I mean... Doesn't the NFL offer, like, free Uber and all that stuff? They have all this these ways oh, yeah. of avoiding oh, this. Sure. I mean, this is such a bad decision for anybody. Anybody. It's a bad decision. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the worst decision, one of the worst decisions you can make mm -hmm. as a human being to get behind the wheel uh, after drinking. Uh, for the NFL players, they have done so much to try to avoid these situations, the NFLPA, the NFL, that they... They have services set up for this very reason, mm -hmm. so a guy doesn't get behind the wheel. Yeah. Um, and and also, I mean, listen, I mean, you're in season too. I mean, th this is like uh, I'm not saying guys don't drink or anything in season, but uh, it's a Monday, late Monday night into Tuesday, which would be an off day for most teams. Yeah. Um, but man, Uber, Lyft, whatever it is, any kind of so they they all exist out there for these NFL guys. This, that just magnifies how poor of a decision this was by him, and now cost somebody his uh, their life and probably Henry Ruggs' career. Yeah, um, there's there's so many resources built up for players to to have free rides and all of this, but at the end of the day, you, you have to want to use them. And it's one thing to talk about. It's one thing to sit in front of the team and say, hey, if you ever get caught in a pickle or you can't drive, you know, give this number a call, come scoop you up. Yeah, like th that's great and everything when you're meeting. But when a player or even a coach, because I'm reminded of Andy Reid's son who got in trouble yeah, for necessarily the same thing last year during the playoffs. Um, when you're in that situation, you aren't really thinking about that. You know, you're, you're just thinking about what you know and, hey, this, this, these are my keys, that's my car, I'm going home. Um, and then that meeting that you had where you're talking about what to do if you're in the situation, it doesn't even cross your mind. So it's just, it's a, it's a horrible story. Um, it's just, there's not much more you can say about it. Henry Ruggs made a, a huge mistake, and he's going to live with this for the rest of his life. Yeah, life-altering. It, and it's ruined his career. And it does remind somebody says uh, Dante Stallworth, and that's kind of the guy that comes to mind, right? Yeah. That's the most recent, uh, I forget how long ago that was now, but uh, really a very good wide receiver mm -hmm. in the NFL for a long time and uh, similar type of situation. Um, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's an awful story in the NFL. The NFL statement basically uh, was condolences and thoughts and everything with the family of the person who passed, um, and rightfully so. Not a lot on the rugs part of the situation, mm -hmm. as they probably will now uh, investigate. I mean, it, it's, you do wonder with some of these things, like how... Again, we talk from a football perspective after we talk about the life perspective of this. And the Raiders, I mean, just, how much can you deal with? You know, I mean, and, and this impacts you on the football field. I, I don't know. This impacts you maybe even more. But if you lose this guy, then does John Gruden. I, I mean, your coach, you lose your coach. You lose that relationship. Derek Carr. Yeah. Carr was coming along. But Carr still played well without Gruden. Yeah. Uh, but will he play well without Ruggs is, a, is kind of an interesting question to ask yourself now. Um, and where do the Raiders go here? Just from a psyche standpoint, from a mental standpoint. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys are... I'm sure there's a bunch of guys really close with rugs on that team. Yeah. Um, and now all these questions, again, so far outside of football, uh, 
it, it's it's a game at the end of the day, and, and life uh, is bigger than it. And uh, they're going to find that out in Las Vegas now in that locker room once again, uh, unfortunately. All right, we are uh, live at Top Golf. Tuesdays at Top Golf. Where do the Jags go, uh, if anything? Could they do anything today on the trade deadline? Would you consider pulling the trigger, or does it just not make sense when you're one and six? Does it make sense to get rid of anybody? Do they have a piece that anybody else would want that they might not feel like is part of it long term? I think you could go with a couple of options. There's a few guys out there. I just don't know even if that makes sense because some might be on offense and you want to keep the rookie protected on offense. Okay, okay. I'll give you a little hint there. I like it. Um, and uh, one I think could be floated around on the defensive side of things, but I think it would be a mistake. Uh, we'll talk about it. Tuesdays from Top Golf, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It's a trade deadline day in the NFL. We talk more NFL. We talk rookie quarterbacks. And, uh, well, we talk World Series Game 6 coming up on ESPN 690 later tonight. It's all on the way. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of stuff we just got to go we got to go back and watch the game and really just be honest with ourselves and make some corrections and uh, just move forward. I know I didn't play I didn't play good enough today, and as an offense, we just we just weren't clicking. So a lot of things go into that. Um, I think it's really just taking accountability for everyone's part and and what went wrong. And you know, for me, third third and fourth down, I think I had two missed throws on third down and one on fourth down. So it's you know guys that are open and not giving them a catchable ball. I think that's you know all on me. So those are three right there. That is Trevor Lawrence. I love that sound bite. He took accountability right after he does that, you know, and I think the being honest with ourselves is important because if you wa listen to the rest of the postgame after Seattle, I don't think the Jags were being honest with themselves. Now, that's immediately following the game. You're trying to cling to something positive in a, in a really dismal day. I'm not, like, trying to hammer them for that. I just hope that on the when they got back or on the flight back or yesterday in meetings and tomorrow they like, okay, who cares if we held them to 70 yards in the second half? Yeah. They weren't trying. They were melting down the clock yeah. and running the ball. All right, just acknowledge that. Where I think Trevor was way more, listen, we stunk. You know, yeah. we know it, and we have to look at the tape and say, we stunk. <laughs> and I kind of, I mean, tell you, man, this kid should talk like five times a week. He'd make everybody in Jacksonville feel better. Uh, and I shouldn't even call him a kid because, I mean, he's, he's so well beyond his years. Um that uh, it's, it's incredible to watch. It's good that he's in Jacksonville. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Tuesdays from Top Golf. We do this every Tuesday. Josh Kobe will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. And uh, you can, too. Come on out. Good crowd here at Top Golf today. Uh, so come on out each and every uh, Tuesday. Uh, by the way, uh, Derek Henry had surgery, and it was successful. Went well, according to reports. Uh, the Raiders on the rug situation have issued... Uh, statement: The Raiders are aware of an accident involving Henry Ruggs that occurred this morning in Las Vegas. We're devastated by the loss of life, and our thoughts and prayers go out to the victim's family. We're in the process of gathering information. We'll have no further comment at this time. Pretty similar uh, to what uh, the NFL issued a statement um, in a similar fashion. Uh, trade deadline is today. We're going to talk rookie quarterbacks in a moment, but... I don't see the Jags. The Jags aren't making a trade for anybody. You think so? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be stunned. And watch, it'll, it'll come down in like a minute. Yep. But, um, I don't see anybody that, like, what are you trying to do? One and six. Yeah. Are you trying to make a playoff push? No. Are you trying to make your team better for right now? Probably not. You probably think the value of those draft picks are more than you can 
we discussed this a couple weeks ago. Could you try to go get a speed guy, a Will Fuller, take a chance that he yeah. might be healthy? Yeah. Um, one of those, or an Isabella, that yeah. you might see as part of it down the road, right? Like, there's only two ways to go. Hey, let's see what this looks like and help our quarterback as much as possible continue to grow. Let's. It's important to get to four or five wins this year for our psychology yeah. rather than one win or two wins. Like, I think there is something to that. But then I think the other way to look at it is like a guy like Isabella, if you really like him and you think, hey, this guy comes in, let's utilize him, and then he might be a part of it for the next couple of years, someone we think could be a part of it. I don't know how many guys are like that out there uh, on the NFL market, and I don't think it's many. Well, they're on good teams, you know, because obviously the teams that have the good receivers aren't going to trade them because they're trying to win the playoffs. Yeah. So essentially when you're talking about guy, teams to trade with, it's usually teams that have lower-tier offenses that don't have any wide receivers that really even look appealing um, unless it's, like, deep down in the depth like Arizona has with Isabella. So then the other way to go about this is, okay, you're a team that's struggling, not doing well, so you trade away some so you can get more chess pieces in the game for next year in the draft and everywhere else. Yeah. Well, the Jags have 12 picks. I mean, two years ago they had 12 picks. Last year they had 11 picks. Now they have 12 picks. You know what? I'm tired of seeing the Jags draft. I'm really yeah. tired of it, especially since they haven't drafted very well, quite frankly, with all those picks. I'd rather them take four draft picks and draft well. But uh, I just don't. So so would you let go of anybody? Contractually, they have a couple of big contracts mm -hmm. outside of the guys they just brought in. Miles Jack's a decent contract. Um, he's a valuable piece, I think. I think he could make teams really good in good. some spots. Uh, I think you look at Andrew Norwell. He's a, He's got do a lot of money but i i think they already restructured i don't know if he's a part of the future norwell might make some sense to move for a team that might need a left guard that's in contention but then you eat away at your own offensive line and you got to keep your guy upright that's been the quote down there yeah. and so i think it hurts trevor lawrence's development if you do that because you don't have anyone you're just going to stick in there i mean walker little's not going to move to guard i don't think no. so those are the two that I look at and say, okay, those would make some sense, but I don't think I would do either one. I want Miles Jack around. You don't have enough good players on defense. I want as many as I can, and quite frankly, I don't want to change my offensive line that looked really bad last week and make it even worse. No, for sure. So on the offensive line, um, the only one that I can actually foresee happening would be normal just because of how much money you are paying him, but do you have a, a plan in mind to replace him? You probably don't. And the most important job this season now, let's be honest, you're not going to the playoffs, so it's got to keep Trevor Lawrence healthy for next season. So I'm doing everything in my power to do that. So I'm trying to keep my offensive line intact and trying to keep Trevor Lawrence upright. So Andrew Norwell, trading him away doesn't do much for me. With Miles Jack, you can make an argument because, you know, he hasn't really flourished like we thought he was going to in this defense. Um, you know, we haven't really said his name too much. We haven't, we haven't seen a lot of standout plays from Miles Jack in this 3-4. Yeah. One could argue this defense was playing better when he was out against Miami. One could say that. Yeah. Small sample. It's it a small Miami. sample, and I also think that, you know, if you let go of a guy like Miles Jack and you trade him away, you're – is he the longest tenured Jaguar now? Uh, he's close. Okay. No, I mean, uh, Linder would be. Linder, but then – Yeah, and even he's, AJ he's, Cans okay. up there. Shall so, I mean, he's – Shatley. <laughs> oh, yeah, Shatley's been here for, like, what, Shatley a decade now? <laughs> Eight years, yeah. But you, you, you're going to lose that core guy on your defense. That's probably might be the oldest tenured Jaguar on defense. 
Now that, I think you're right. Yeah. And we've seen this story play out before. We let guys like Daryl Smith go. We let guys like Mercedes Lewis go. And you try to rebuild and you try to start anew. You saw what happened there with the Gus Bradley era. Now, I'm not saying Miles Jack um, is Daryl Smith, but I just think, you know, in terms of experience, in terms of leadership, which I think he brings both those in that locker room, you want to try to maintain those guys because this thing's got to be rebuilt, I think. You know, it, this isn't going to be just, oh, a couple draft picks here, a free agent signing here will be okay. No, I mean, this defense right now is one of the worst in the NFL, and a lot of that comes with personnel, and that's got to be addressed. Yeah, but the Jags have done this in the past to that point. Jags have, have rebuilt it in a year. Vegas is showing they have rebuilt theirs in, in basically a year. The Dallas Cowboys are showing they've rebuilt theirs in a year. So you okay. can do it. Okay, if but, you have some parts that stay. But how do, how do the Jaguars do after rebuilding in a year? Well, what would happen the next year after that? Well, I mean, that's a different part of the story. I mean, but, I mean, I'm saying, are, are we trying to go for 2017? Are we trying to go for the long run here and actually have some kind of longevity? Well, that, that's fine. Like, I mean, obviously, they like longevity. I'm just saying you can fix your de- – like, when you say rebuild the entire defense, yeah. I mean, it can be done in an offseason sure, if I mean, you have you can, some parts, you, you know? Can, you can throw the checkbook at uh, some free agents and say, come on over. But I'm saying, in terms of longevity, does that always work out? And I would point to 2017 and say, absolutely not. No, um, it, it doesn't or it hasn't. Uh, we'll see with Vegas and, and others if, if it can. Um, I just think the Jags have very few, like, blue-chip caliber players on their defense especially, but on their team. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen and Miles Jack have the ability and athleticism and everything else to be those kind of guys. Yeah. Like, they have been inconsistent at being those guys, but they've shown signs that they can be those kind of guys. But your point about the 3-4 is now that he's back inside, is this does just not a fit, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's fair. They have to, again, answer those questions. They have to be honest with themselves and answer that question. I mean, do we get a third-rounder for Miles Jack or whatever? Is that more valuable? Because he's never going to thrive in our system, and we'll save more money anyway, and we'll get another player in free agency next year. I don't know. Well, and, and here's the thing about Miles Jack as well, where I was the big proponent of saying he will thrive in this defense because you can move him around. You can do a lot of things. You can put him on the outside. You can blitz him. I haven't seen a lot of Miles Jack blitzing on the outside. I haven't no. seen a lot of Miles Jack blitzing in general. I've been seeing a lot of Miles Jack just playing a run-of-the-mill middle linebacker, and, you know, that I don't think is really his his forte. I think a guy that runs sideline to sideline, that uses athleticism, I think you got to take full advantage of that. Yeah, I, I, they, they don't seem like they have set him up to be as good as he can be over the years. And the one year they did would have been last year, and moving to that weak side, and he thrived. He was, uh, he was tremendous. Um, I, th- I thought he played at like a Pro Bowl caliber level. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they just can't seem to uh, figure it out. Hey, let's do the rookie report card right now if we can, Casey. Uh, and we only have a few quarterbacks. Of course, uh, Zach Wilson's been out. Trey Lance is hardly playing. And uh, we begin, of course, with Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence had... I think we, you would say his first two games were not very good. No. But I felt like in a weird way this was his not statistically worst game, but his most out-of-sync out game Yeah. Uh, that, that I saw. Like, against Houston, he made some poor decisions and bad mistakes, and he threw it way too many times. But he also, like, really looked like as the game went along, hey, man, I saw that play. I saw that throw. I saw this. I saw this. Like, I could have picked out a lot of plays. Denver even... Those were sketchy 14 to 33. It wasn't great. But again, I thought I saw like, okay, I saw a couple things where 
I, I'm like, I'm grabbing onto, and that was early. And then we see a month of progression. We see some good play the last three weeks, and then we get this one where everything was off for the Jags. Offense, defense, coaching, special teams, it all was bad. Yes. And Trevor was not that good either. I remember tweeting, like, Trevor's pretty bad today. Nice. I think we just have to be honest. Like, he's not that good. I mean, the fourth and three that he talked about, uh, the lining people up, there were the first time in a long time we've seen lining up was an issue in, in getting the snap off. Yeah. Yeah, well, what'd you give him? I got him a C minus. <laughs> yeah, in the C range, still passing. I gave Trevor Lawrence a, a D plus. At the end of the day, it doesn't you know it doesn't make me feel good about it giving you a D or a D plus. But when you have the lowest QBR of the week, you're getting a D plus at least. And uh, that was QBR was the lowest. Yeah, the lowest QBR of the week. Yeah, out of every quarter. I still don't understand the QBR. I, just, I know it's not good. You know? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, and, and you saw it. You know, I mean, there wasn't a lot of plays that made you go, oh, wow. Um, you know, he looked a little discombobulated up there, you know, in terms of the uh, the delay of games. I mean, yeah. that, that's got to fall on him as well. So you got to hold that guy accountable. D-plus it is. Yeah, I think the only thing that uh, I, um, you know, I there's two things, actually. One, I thought it, they were also bad around him, too. You know, like sometimes you'll be like, hey, they're pretty good, and you held them back. I continue to think that the offense and some of the drops and some of the offensive line play is holding Trevor back and not allowing him to overcome or be better. And he wasn't able to do that. At times he has been able to do that a little bit. The other thing is I don't really – I don't think that was his fault on the interception. And outside of that, it's not like he had four turnovers in the game. No. That's why I didn't go even worse with the uh, the grading system. All right, Zach Wilson's been out. Uh, Trey Lance, uh, did he even play much? I didn't even give him a grade this week. I don't think he played that much. Yeah. No, because Jimmy Garoppolo's running the football. Yeah, Garoppolo's running. Uh, they're a weird team, but they figured it out in the second half there. Got it done. Yep. Uh, Justin Fields. Okay, so they lose again. This is another team where I feel like I'm grading Justin Fields higher because he's surrounded by garbage, mm -hmm. including some bad coaching at times. Mm -hmm. And I saw the one play where everybody – he made the highlight reel play, right? Oh, um, the I run mean, was unbelievable. It was probably the most impressive play of a rookie this year. I think I so. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that – automatically catches your attention yes. but I think overall like he was okay like he was pretty good I gave him a B plus even in the loss I just think again he has very little help kind of what Trevor has some help sometimes especially if James Robinson's playing yeah uh, Justin Fields to me has and Zach Wilson have very little help around them yeah. and I think that showed up again but they rolled him out when they moved the pocket I thought they did a better job I think Trevor and, and the Jags have to think about moving the pocket a little bit more, too. Yeah, the, they finally got creative on offense, and it showed. You set him up for a little more success. Uh, 19 for 27, 175 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 103 yards rushing, one touchdown, two fumbles. None of those fumbles were lost. I gave Fields a B. Um, you know, you, you didn't win the game, but... That's pretty much the guy that you're going to get when you do everything right and you do everything um, to help your team win. Unfortunately, just didn't go their way. San Francisco at the end, their offense was just too much for that Bears defense, who's kind of struggling now, yeah. um, which has kind of been their calling card the past couple of years. But overall, a much better day for Justin Fields. You know, when you say good defenses in the NFL, Chicago doesn't even come to mind anymore. No, no. Right? no. They don't even like, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess at times they can be pretty good. And yeah. they can be at times, but they're not yeah. dominant and they're not consistently good uh, either. Uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones gets a win out west. Uh, this is a weird game and a weird one to grade. They got a pick six, 
They confused Justin Herbert. This was like a better grade for Belichick in the defense, yeah. especially a Belichick defense that has given up a lot of passing yards. Yep. And so they have adjusted, which they always do, which I don't understand why every team in the NFL can't put a different game plan together, can't just get big, like, high IQ guys to figure it out, less yeah. star guys, and that's what the Patriots have, and that's what Belichick does, and they adjust, and they hardly look the same week to week because of it. Sometimes they swing and miss, and they look terrible, like against Dallas. But sometimes they look really good against the Chargers, and they can still confuse young quarterbacks, and that's what they did. But Mac Jones, it was like four field goals. <laughs> and what I had a problem with with Mac this time around, and this is an offense that's built on 70% completion percentage dumping off. He was like 18 to 35. He was. I got the W. So he did enough to give him in field goal range, didn't make mistakes, really didn't do any. He almost hardly didn't even know he played in the game. Yep. But I gave him a B. So I gave Mac Jones a C-plus because, to me, it was the most vanilla stat line of all time. 18 for 35, <laughs> 217 yards, and no touchdowns. Had one nice deep ball to Nelson Aguilar. Everything else, um, you know, was kind of basic Mac Jones-type um, stuff. So, I mean, overall, yeah, you won the football game, so that's why I gave you a C-plus because usually that, those are C-numbers right there. Um, but you won the game, C-plus, didn't turn the ball over. Asked, you know, you didn't what was asked of you. It is what it is. Yeah, uh, that's a good way to put it, by the way, a vanilla stat line. And and that's okay sometimes, especially if you're getting it done hey, on the defensive side. Winning. Yeah, as long as you're winning, I have no issues with that. Um, Davis Mills, we have to continue to grade him. Yeah. And I forget what I put because I really don't care about Davis Mills. By the way, Mike White, A+. Plus. I don't even know who he is. Yeah, I know he's not <laughs> a rookie. True. But, I mean, he's kind of is a rookie to me because I've never heard of him before. So, A-plus for Mike White. Yeah, A-plus. That would have been A-plus for Mike White. You know, how does a guy come out and do that? It's so hard to play the position. Against the Bengals defense? I mean, how does a guy do that? You know, and it makes you really wonder. And Corey Davis was out? Yeah, it's just, it's a weird game sometimes, you know. Uh, Davis Mills, um... He had a big fourth quarter, but he did nothing in the first three yes. 50 minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't sign up for that. Yeah, I don't know what I gave him. C minus. Okay, I gave Davis Mills a C plus. 29 for 38, 310 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, you did absolutely nothing in the first half. <laughs> but but overall, I mean, 29 for 38, like you you can't deny that. So whether it was more of the play calling or trying to run the ball with. You know, guys who are having trouble running the ball right now, whatever the case may be, you can't deny the numbers even if it is garbage time. Uh, I basically gave you the best grade that I could out of, you know, you playing horrible in the first half with nothing um, and getting garbage time. So Davis Mills, I, I gave him a C plus. All right. Uh, Casey, how many points would Davis Mills have had? Because he had like 310 yards. So in a couple of touchdowns, like how many points in fantasy? Because that was a Jalen Hurts day if I've ever seen oh, yeah. one. Nothing for three quarters, and then all of a sudden, boom, in the fourth. Although Jalen Hurts didn't really do that this week. No, he's handing the ball off. He did. He did. Yeah. Hand it off. Uh, how many points would would Mills have got? Well, I mean, not I'm, that anybody's playing Davis Mills, right? Well, I'm sure somebody has to at some point in time. So if you were to play Davis Mills this week, you would have got 20.4 points. How about that? Which is more than. Daniel, uh, Jones. Daniel Jones, for sure, and probably uh, Ryan Tannehill as well, who I have in my other leagues. Go ahead, throw Carson Wentz in there and um, all the other quarterbacks that I could ever potentially hey, do you want Mike White had 26 points, by the way. Do you want to trade Travis Kelsey? Ooh. For what? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know. I'm just, after last ooh. night's performance, I might want to get rid of him. Ooh. No, yeah. no. Double teams, man. They, they did a good job taking him away. They did. Double Giants teams, fumbles. I mean, boy, yeah, he fumbled. That didn't help anything either. But, yeah, the Giants were not going to let Travis Kelsey beat him. That I was question, obvious. I got a question about defense for you yep. that I think a lot of people are doing, and, and 
Uh, now I'm starting to think the Jags are behind the curve again. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jags okay. on ESPN 690. Tuesdays from Top Golf rolls on. Question about the Jags defense versus the rest of the NFL. It's next. We had Miles come back. We self-scouted. Yeah, it is. I didn't, like I said, uh, I, I really felt we had a, a decent week of practice. Thought the attitudes were fantastic going into it. Um, obviously, it just didn't, it didn't start well, and then uh, and that, that second quarter just got us in trouble. That's Urban Meyer. We've got a question about the Jags defense in a moment. Tuesdays from Top Golf, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. Casey Kurtz. Let's get Steven on the line real quick. Uh, jump in. Uh, Steven, what's happening here on a Tuesday? Hey, not too much. How about you guys? How you doing? We're fantastic. What you got? Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on an idea I was thinking about because one of my biggest concerns of this coaching staff has been, and I, and I know Brent brought it up before, is player evaluation. Like Some of it just seems like maybe evaluating isn't that good. But um, my thought, and I wanted to get your opinion, is maybe – this week, nobody expects us to beat the Bills. Nobody in the state of Florida or in the, uh, who watches NFL, nobody expects it. So I was thinking maybe they should consider maybe an evaluation week. I mean, you bubble wrap and get the most expensive Dr. Scholes has to offer for James Robinson, and you sit him this week and try and get him 100%, maybe even consider – because the only thing I could say good about Jay Gruden last year was at least he tried LaVisca Chenault the way he was at college. Run him out of the backfield, kind of in that third down back role or even running out of the backfield. Maybe do a little bit of that with him. Bring up maybe Josh Hammond or Cotton or whatever and try and see what you got. Get Jordan Smith out there. I want to see what we have in him. And maybe even Walker Little and Cisco, like I said, because nobody expects us to win this game. Yeah, that's and a good I just point. want to see what we have for the future. That's I an interesting really do. point. Yeah, thanks, uh, Stephen. Appreciate it. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure week nine of the NFL season and game eight for the NFL season is for that kind of stuff. Now, oh. we might get to a point in the last month of the year where it is for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. I think everybody wants to see this defense with Cisco, you know? Yes. I could, the Walker Little stuff is whatever to me. I, I, he'll eventually play. Well, I'll be honest. I want to see Walker Little and if he's not ready. Like, don't, don't use this time to evaluate him because the last thing you want to see is Trevor on his back. Absolutely. And if, he, if he doesn't give you the best opportunity to keep Trevor upright, then don't put him in during a game. I think the one guy in this context, I would, I would if you know what, it gets beat for an 80-yard touchdown, so what, is Cisco. Because you have no turnovers. You can't get turnovers. He can't be that bad. Uh, <laughs> or you really did evaluate poorly. Uh, you know, your upgrade over a winger. I could tell right now Cam Robinson you might have a more upgradable thing than, than Walker Little because yeah. it's a known commodity. I can't say the same for Wingard again, and I'm not even bashing Wingard like a lot of people do. I think he's played way better than people would even give him credit for, yeah. quite frankly. It's more I want to see Cisco. I asked you this in the commercial break. You, you look at that defense last night for the Giants. You look at what people are doing against the Chiefs who could not be stopped. They're dropping like seven, eight guys. Yep. That's what they're doing. Well, they're dropping seven, eight guys, but they're also getting after the quarterback with three guys. And they're able is, to get off with yeah. three or four. I understand that. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith the other day. It's, he, I, I listen to Peyton Manning and those Manning cast, man. He's like, hey, the defense I don't want to see is a zone. Uh, yeah, what yeah. I hate to see is when they drop eight. Yeah, like, yeah. If that's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, why are the Jags playing man so much? Why are they blitzing so much? Why They're not that talented. Would they be better off doing more zone than what they're doing? They just, they, 
I don't think right now in terms of playing zone coverage, it's all about communication. It's all about, you know, having high, high, high IQ um, and playing with confidence. Does that describe his defense right now? Nah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not trying to say guys are dumb, okay? No, I'm not but, saying that at all But this looks like through seven games of defense that does not have great football IQ. No, and, and you have seen when they have played zone coverage, like, they, they just, for whatever reason, they can't figure out passing guys off, who takes who, um, and guys become wide open, and that's not what zone coverage is. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because man coverage, you know, obviously they're getting burnt because I think the skill set's just not there, and then zone coverages, you don't have the communication to keep up. So it's, it's a problem right now. Yeah, I would say this. Uh, I brought it up earlier. Vegas and Dallas are two examples of teams that overnight fix their defenses. You can do it in an offseason. The Jaguars are going to have to do it in the offseason. They don't have enough fixes right now uh, to change things the way they're going. It could be ugly on Sunday against Josh Allen and the Bills. We'll be back Tuesdays from Top Golf continues with more looks around the NFL, including the trade deadline about to hit at 4 o'clock. It's on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.